Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Super Deluxe Games Cast. It is Thursday, January 20th. Look at this. I'm in the same room as Derek. Hi, everybody. Hi, Derek. Hi, John. Hi, Derek. I missed you. I miss you too, bud. And Jeff, we miss you. So both because of, us. of the because of the way the depth perception works, it looks like John is a very tiny man. I'm very Derek. Which like, is funny like, because like I'm the opposite of a yeah. very tiny man. It's like the force <laughs> perspective they use in Lord of the Rings with uh Ian McKellen and Elijah yeah. Like John, it, yeah. how tall Wait, are you? Again? John, six over foot there. Two. John is six <laughs> foot two and I'm five foot eight. Uh, most of the time, so. <laughs> I, uh, you know what? I we should have compared heights because I'm I'm always questioning if I'm five seven or five eight. Yeah, well, I think I was like a hair taller than you, right? That sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. So like I'm five eight right. most of the time. So, so uh, real quick before we get down to business here, I do want to tell Brittany, who is in the chat right now, that I, I see Brittany. We hope you feel better soon. Uh, uh, of course, Brittany uh, tested positive for COVID. Um, she tweeted that out. Oh, okay. Um, I was like, <laughs> no, 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 dude, she tweeted. Other, okay. Otherwise, I wouldn't have said anything. Here's um, a comprehensive list of Brittany's medical conditions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, she definitely tweeted that one out. Uh, and Britt, we hope, we, uh, we, we, we know you're going to be okay. Um, but we, we, we hope you feel better soon and we love you. Yeah. So yeah. we're thinking about you. Yeah, I thought you had seen that tweet. No, she like I tweeted out her test Twitter. results. <laughs> Trust me, oh, I would not say anything if she had COVID's ass. Had, yeah. She's gonna fucking destroy. I COVID. believe it. Yeah, fully. She's a, she is a gamer after yeah. all. Boss bitch oh. over here. What's up? She got it. Why did I say that? Okay, so guys, it's been a really slow week. Not much has happened this week. Yeah, no news, no gaming news whatsoever. Nothing. Nothing. Um, nothing happened. So, so what are we doing here? Are we do we, do we want to talk about what we've been talking playing about first? We've been playing okay, first, and before we we'll get into, into the what, very very what, uninteresting, what little news we can scrape mm-hmm. together yeah. from this week? Mm-hmm. Not like anything important or you know landscape altering happened. Um, Derek, why don't you kick us off, bud? Oh, okay. Um, so I I've burned through a few games recently trying to find something to like keep my attention for a while. I'm obviously I'm still playing Super Robot Wars 30 like a bit at a time here and there. Uh I actually picked Fire Emblem Awakening back up. My man. Yeah. Well, with the um the the frequent news and rumors that we may be seeing a new Fire Emblem this year. Uh I I I just wanted to go back to what I think is my favorite Fire Emblem of recent history. Um and and I'm re-experiencing Awakening, and, and I'm having a great time with it. What's funny so. about that is that, so I brought my analog pocket to, to kind of show you what it's all about, and one of the two games I brought was Fire Emblem Sacred Stones, yeah. uh, which is one of the few Fire Emblem games that I hadn't played, and uh, I'm playing it alongside Shining Force Resurrection, Resurrection of the Dark Dragon right now, and dude, Sacred Stones is so fucking good. Yeah. Um, Fire Emblem games, the two Fire Emblem games on GBA period had some of the coolest sprite animation See, I've ever seen. I got seen. you to pick up Super Robot Tyson Original Generation, which is um, an, an all originals like Super Robot Wars game on the GBA. And I think it's my favorite. Those two are my favorite strategy RPGs on the GBA. And that says a lot. There's some very good strategy games on the yeah, GBA. Yeah, there are. Tactics Ogre. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I deeply love Awakening. Um, I wanted to emulate it. Because I, I 
if you can, why not? And it turns out it doesn't emulate well, so I just dig, dug out my old physical copy. A lot of those games don't, though. You know like, what's funny? Fates emulates perfectly. Really? On on Citra. And Fates is bad, so... It, I, thought, I thought of these originally on. Is this 3DS games? 3DS. 3DS, and yeah, okay. I, 3DS games generally don't emulate well. Mm, right? Kind of depends. It's getting better. Hey, Twiggy. Hey, hey, Twiggy. But, um, but yeah, and, and like <laughs> I've been playing Three Houses on and off, and I do really like Three Houses, but like it's been a bit on Awakening, and I wanted to go back, and I wanted to... I just wanted I wanted something that was a little bit more locked in. I think Three Houses is almost too freeform, and I, I like my strategy RPGs to make me work for it a little more and make me like use characters to their strengths. You're a thinking man's gamer. Well, I like let me, which is weird because one of my favorite Final Fantasies is five with the job system. So like, <laughs> you know, I don't know. But but yes, yeah, so I've been playing Fire Emblem Awakening mostly the last few days. So it's been it's been good times. I promise I have not been playing any Final Fantasy fourteen whatsoever. The game that is almost available to purchase again and once again I assume will be uh free to play up to level sixty, including Five the, days. Uh, the Heavenward expansion. I, uh, um, they're not opening the trial back up yet, are they? I don't think so. Um I think it's they're opening up sales again on the twenty fifth, and then depending on how that goes, they're like Honestly, they're I don't it. think they need the trial at this point. No, they, they they're don't. doing no. okay. Yeah, they don't. They no, I've been playing, uh, of course, Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, I am through the first two Savage versions of the uh, Pandemonium oh. Raids. Um, uh, next week, I'm going to work on taking down uh, uh, the last two Savage Raids and get all geared up for the next round of raids coming out. Yeah, it's, you know, the endless MMO cycle. <laughs> um, uh, and I've also been playing a lot of... Uh, Game Boy Advance, or analog Game Boy Advance games on the Analog Pocket. I've been playing Shining Force, which is one of my favorite old. Uh, what? <laughs> I mean, I do look small on the camera for sure. Like, I, I mean, absolutely. Um, but uh, <laughs> Jesus, but I do look minuscule here. Like, dude, like my head is like it looks. Even my head, like. <laughs> um but uh but yeah no i've been playing final fantasy 14 i've also been playing uh shining force on gba which is one of my favorite which was one of my favorite sega genesis games and i've been playing fire emblem sacred stones on gba um i'm just a i'm a gb i love game boy advance games dude yeah, and gems and on that system derek saw the analog pocket screen for the first time in person tonight it is mm. like it's the hype is like like that. The hype was legit around this thing. It's one of the coolest pieces of tech I have ever seen. How much did it cost? What's uh, the price? One ninety nine, but it's but it's actually like two hundred and ten dollars now due to the mm. increase in price of parts. Um, you know, given the quality and like the huge library of games, uh, that seems like I don't know, pretty it's good. Fair, it's fairly reasonable to be perfectly yeah. honest with you. Just because it doesn't only play Game Boy Advance games, it also plays. Game Boy, Game Boy Color, mm -hmm. uh, and with an adapter, it plays uh, Atari Lynx games, um, Game Gear games, and Neo Geo Pocket games. Uh, so yeah, no, it's it's a, it's absolutely worth it. Twiggy loves her Uncle John. We uh, we definitely need a dual cam. We we just need one yeah. dedicated to the doggo. She'll be gone soon enough anyway. She wants to stick around in here. That's a good girl. She loves her Uncle John. <laughs> Jeff, what you been playing recently, man? Um, I uh, I guess uh, fortunately for our listeners, I've been winding down a bit <clears throat> on 14. Uh, I'm still doing some weekly stuff, but 
I kind of had my fill. I played a fuckload of it the last month since Ed Walker came out. Um, and I bit the bullet and upgraded my PC on the weekend. Um, upgraded my processor. It's like everything else is pretty good. My GPU, I'm literally never going to be able to buy a GPU again in my life. Yeah, so I I've kind of written that one off. The only thing left was the <laughs> CPU. I was running a Ryzen 2600. Um, and, you know, I play a lot of Flight Sim, which is very single core CPU heavy. Um, so and I was like, I didn't want to justify it just for that, but it was mostly for Flight Sim. I was like, oh, I'll get some. There is some other CPU heavy games and try to future proof it again. I, I need to ride this out another three What'd years, probably. Uh, I got a Ryzen 5600X. I mean, that, like, that could last you a good long it while. Should. It's That's almost really fucking good six core for, processor for gaming there's very little difference between that and ryzen's top of the line like the 59 59 you're honestly 50. talking about only a couple percent yeah. if you jump to like the and top it, intel like and it's only it's, 350 ca uh canadian like it's like pro i don't know yeah. what it must retail for under 300 us ryzen like, processors yeah. are changing the game on pc mm -hmm. gaming dude so um yeah so i, I bought that and of course uh yeah flights over there like night and day just smoothed out all those drops and jankiness um, and then I kind of was like, you know, hankered for a new game. So I picked up Jurassic World Evolution 2. I saw you streaming uh, that. Yeah. So, you know, like park builder game. Um, uh, yeah. Like I'm I'm a, you know, dinosaur nerd. Big fan of Jurassic Park. So, you know, the yeah. movies have their documented ups and downs. But in general, like the premise of creating my own Jurassic Park uh, and doing things right that they, they never can seem to do. Um, pretty cool so and, and you know it's it's just in line with my like i don't want to shoot stuff really these days like i'm still not uh i mean there's some violence in the game but like that's not what i'm about right now um i just want something a little bit more chill and it's really been filling that um uh scratching that itch i guess uh, it's not like a super deep i think people i'm not like big i play a lot of like quote simulator games but like i'm not big into like strategy i, I played sim city most of them but like I'm not in the weeds on it. I'm not playing a ton of civilization. So like, I think for big fans of like park builders and stuff, it's probably considered shallow, uh, maybe a little bit simple. But for me, that's like a good thing because it's really accessible. I don't need to like micromanage. I mean, there is micromanagement, but it's not like I'm not overwhelmed by the complexity of the systems and stuff. It's very yeah. much like, hey, do you like Jurassic Park? Do you like dinosaurs? You can like throw some raptors here and like build a cool little um, visitor center and stuff like that. Um, See, but... I played a little of the first Jurassic World Evolution <laughs> and it felt to mm -hmm. me like it still felt pretty granular in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. But I'm not like like I don't play yeah. a lot of sim like simulation type games. Mm -hmm. I don't play Civ. I don't play Total War. I don't I don't play yeah. anything like that. So like me coming from the closest thing to that stuff that I play is like Roller Coaster Tycoon, mm -hmm. you know, but it felt at home, but it felt complex but not overwhelming like i could yeah, get in i could learn mm -hmm. the systems the tutorials worked for me mm -hmm. um you know i don't think it's a hundred percent my type of game but like mm -hmm. i respected my time with it thank Jeff, you game pass do uh do the dinosaurs move in herds they do what, actually they do, yeah they do move in herds <laughs> they do um yeah no there's lots of like again i uh, my favorite thing to do in it, which won't surprise anyone, is just like this won't surprise anyone who listens to the podcast is like to just you can take manual control of the vehicles. And I didn't play the first game that Derek played, so I'm not sure what the improvements are, but you can like drive a Jeep around and the controls are like surprisingly good. It's like probably on par with the vehicle driving and watchdogs, which is not what you expect from. like It's not you know, it's not as good as like Forza Horizon, but it's better than you'd expect from a park simulation game um, where you can fly a helicopter around. So it's just cool to like get down to that ground level. Um, and there's tons of nice little details, like in the car on the console, they've got the little Jurassic Park screen logo that they have in the movie movies on like the on 
Like there's so many little touches and stuff. Or um, I posted a video on Twitter. Uh, if you put a bunch of raptors in behind the fence, they will kind of go up to the fence in pairs or threes and start checking it for weaknesses and stuff, which is like a throwback to the movie quote. Like uh, that they're, you know, checking they the fence systematically. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, uh, I don't know if I'd recommend it to people who have no attachment to the franchise, but for anyone who has like any sort of nostalgia for the series, it's uh, I think any of the flaws in the game will be overwhelmed by just the joy of kind of doing that stuff. You can build your own tour with the tour vehicles going around on the track. Um, Is there any know, chaos theory in the game? Uh, there's literally a mode called chaos theory. That's so there's like spectacular there's like, uh, it's kind of fr so like you know my only problems with the game i wanted to dive right into sandbox because i'm like ah there's a campaign it's really short it was okay but like basically i just want to make my own park i want to do whatever i want i don't want the game to like tell me what to do but they lock everything in sandbox you have to unlock everything basically by doing the other game modes yeah. which is like incentive to do it but it kind of sucks if you just want to jump in there and you don't have anything available so there's campaign which is like just five um pretty short story missions one of them took me a few hours but i think i finished them all in like six hours and they like take place after the latest garbage movie um bit spoilers for fallen kingdom if anyone cares which nobody does but like the dinosaurs are basically roaming in the wild now in the united states after the end of that movie um so this campaign is like it's not really a park builder you're kind of in different states there's california oregon um and all that and you're just kind of like ro rounding up dinosaurs and doing it just teaches you a bit of the basics i wish there was a bit more tutorials and then Chaos Theory is a different mode, and it has uh, like a set location from each of the movies, like Jurassic Park 1, 2, 3, and then the new Jurassic World movies. And it kind of it's basically like a what if scenario. It's like do exactly what they were trying to do in this movie, but don't fuck it up. So like what if you actually just made the park functional? Um, so they kind of it, they recreate it right down to the waterfall from the first movie and the visitor center and all that. Um, you just kind of have to redesign the park in the game. Um and then all the stuff you unlock and you kind of like go for fossil digs and extract um, DNA for dinosaurs. And then you research that. That's what unlocks the dinosaurs. And you can use all that eventually in the sandbox mode. And that's where like there's lots of pretty good options. It's got like a creative mode where you can turn off all the difficulty if you don't want. Because by default, like dinosaurs get uh, mad or agitated. They have different traits. So like the T-Rex, I can't find a way to make a T-Rex that isn't like 50% hostile. Sometimes you can modify them to like make them social. Not for the T-Rex doesn't want to be fed. He wants to no. hunt. <laughs> yeah. So like they'll break out of their fences and attack the Jeeps and stuff like that. But like in the creative mode, you can turn all that stuff off if you just want to make like a paradise. I would never turn that off. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's cool. There's yeah. So it's like not a deep, deep game. But um, yeah, I'm really enjoying my time with it. it. I haven't played a game like this in a while. And it's a nice little distraction. And hey, it looks really pretty and runs really good. So are there any Dodgson cool. references in the game? No, there's no, no Dodson, no Wayne Knight, unfortunately. Oh, Surprisingly, man. they had Jeff Goldblum and Bryce Dallas Howard uh, reprise the roles, and then they have like a great value Chris Pratt doing uh, a great value Owen Grady. Chris Pratt. Yeah, I don't Chris know. Chris Pratt is already great value Chris yeah. Pratt. Yeah, that's what, I'm to, that's what I'm saying. It's like really <laughs> bottom of the barrel stuff, but uh, it's actually me. I'm the one. I am the. Yeah. I am the great you value. It, it could be you doing this accent. It's that bad. It could be. So. They had Owen Wilson do it. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. Recast, recast Owen Wilson as Star-Lord <laughs> and just don't mention it. Dinosaur. Wow. 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 <laughs> Can you imagine Matthew McConaughey at Jurassic Park? No. All right, all right, all right. I'm, I'm, well, I'm you, know, if I, you know, assuming Owen Wilson finds his way out of the, uh, the situation he's in in Loki right now, why couldn't he be the new Star-Lord? That's a good point. He is in he the, could be the in variant universe for yeah, sure. Sure, why not? Yeah, why not? 
I keep forgetting that wasn't Woody Harrelson. <laughs> I don't know why. Owen Wilson gave big Woody Harrelson vibes in Loki. Uh, no, yeah, no, he did. I don't. Um, he did. Woody Harrelson vibes? Yes, he did. I don't see it's that. It's okay dude. if you don't, but he did. Yeah, I'm not. Jeff, gonna... talk to us about Eric. the only piece of news that happened this week. I'm gonna retweet this on Twitter so people know we're talking about Activision. <laughs> Um, yeah, so there was, uh, some big news that broke. I don't, uh, I have no concept of time this week. It was probably Tuesday. Um, the article I, the article I saw it from was the wall street journal. I'm getting a little bit paywalled here, but I've got a bunch of other stories. So don't worry. Basically morning. Yeah. Tuesday morning. Um, so, you know, the article in wall street journal was Microsoft to buy Activision blizzard in an all cash deal valued at 75 cash, all cash valued at $75 billion. Um, an interesting note is that it says after taking into account Activision's assets, it's actually only worth $68 billion, oh, Only $68 yeah. billion. So like, dollars. Uh, I don't know if they're in the red a little bit. I'm not quite sure how the money side of that works. But anyways, um, you know, before we get into the kind of the different angles we're going to approach this from, uh, this is like huge news, not just for gaming, but for like the entire entertainment industry. So this is by far Microsoft's biggest acquisition. Um ever i think their next closest uh <laughs> was linkedin in 2016 which cost 26 billion and this is more than double that um it's also the biggest uh no, wasn't bethesda more than that no bethesda was 7 billion it wasn't really? even close That's this all is it was? 10 times that huh yeah oh, shit you, people have to remember bethesda <laughs> was not in a good financial place as of the time of microsoft buying them so yeah interesting um, this is the, so it's not only Microsoft's biggest deal. It's not only gaming industry's biggest deal. Uh, it's the biggest tech deal ever made. Uh, the previous high I think was the Dell EMC merger in 2016. Um, and that was, uh, 67 billion. So this is even more than that. And to put it into a bigger perspective, um, if you talk in entertainment as a whole, I mean, the big players are usually like entertainment. So, uh, you know, it's only a couple million behind Disney buying Fox for seventy-one billion, and AT and T buying Time Warner for eighty-five billion in twenty eighteen. Yeah. So, like, it is up there with like this is. I mean, we already know that games are like the biggest industry I think in the world right now, in even world, more so yeah, than biggest, movies yeah. in terms of like uh, the the amount of money and revenue that's involved. Um, but this just kind of cements it that they're here to stay. And there's comments from other companies. I think even Netflix was saying like. Uh, there were some comments from them earlier today, like, we're, don't even talk to us about anything other than gaming for the next few years. Like, I think this is <laughs> kind of, but like, this is just like, I, I think even going to send a wake up call to other companies in general. Um, so yeah, it's, it's big, big news. And I think, you know, on the podcast tonight, we kind of talked about it before, but we kind of want to break it down into kind of, because t- there's two angles to approach it from. The one is what happens to Activision Blizzard. We know what's going on there. We know what's happening, you know, with the sexual harassment and the poor working conditions and, um, you know, the investigations in the U.S. by Department of Justice and state of California. Um, You know, obviously, Bobby Kotick's still there. Uh, So there's all that stuff. And, you know, I think a lot of us are trying to be a little optimistic that this might be good for them. Uh, But then there's also the kind of the business side of it, which is what does this mean for I uh, don't want to use the word gamers. I don't want to use the word consumer. What does it mean for consumers? What does it mean for people that play these games that are fans of these franchises that are subscribers to, you know, Xbox Game Pass um, and all that side of thing? And, you know, and we could have some fun with that later on. So, But I think we wanted to start kind of with Activision Blizzard itself. Um, so the deal isn't set to close until June 2023, and it could very well close later than that. 
until then, uh, as much as we wish it was different, nothing has changed today. Shit still sucks at Activision Blizzard. Employees are still striking. Bobby Kotick is still saying they have not confirmed if he will stay or leave. Most people are under the impression he's going to depart once this is done. Um, but right now, nothing's different. So we're just, you know, we don't have all the information to kind of figure out which way this is going to go. But there's a lot of, uh, I think, reason to be optimistic and maybe some concerns as well. So I don't know, Derek or John, which one do you guys want to kick off with your just kind of initial thoughts? Yeah, so... And and I think most people have kind of gotten the memo by now, but I know that day one on Tuesday, uh, when this news was breaking, a lot of people's first question was, is Kotick in or out? And the initial news, which I think a couple of outlets, unfortunately, kind of reported poorly on it, saying that, well, Kotick is confirmed to be staying um, but then you, you, you dig past the headline into the body and, and what's actually going on is, yeah, Kotick's going to stay as CEO, at least through the sale, which no duh, Microsoft can't, even if Microsoft wants to fire him or just not renew his contract, whatever, they can't do that till they own Activision and they don't own Activision for another year and some change. So I think a lot of people wanted, really wanted this headline that like, you know, the, the, the headline I put up so long, Kotick, you know, and um, that's not going to happen. Like businesses are never going to open up a press release and say, eat shit, CEO of other company. You're gone. Especially not even like when the deal isn't even done. Yeah, like, they're going to stay as 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 PR friendly is they all the way through and even past this, even if they fire Bobby Kotick, it doesn't matter how like dramatic that gets behind the scenes. We're only going to see the PR friendly side of that. They will wish uh, him well in all his future endeavors. Exactly. And, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, Kotick was never going to leave before June, 2023. So I'm s- it sucks, but I mean, that's just Microsoft can't fire the CEO of a company that they don't own. I'm it's, still not convinced he's going to leave. But that's well, just the cynical part of me talking. Here's the other side of this, though, because I think this is the biggest question a lot of people immediately have in like our sphere of, of gaming, like Twitter, gaming, media, gaming, content creation, so on and so forth is is will Kotick leave when this is all over with? Um, and they've already said that Activision Blizzard is going to report to Phil Spencer. So. What does Bobby Kotick do in this new corporate arrangement? There's no room for him. The only reason he's been kept around for so long is because he makes a shitload of money. But like his importance is and as Dio points out, there are sources that say he's out as soon as the deal is finalized. But even disregarding that, like logically speaking, there's not a lot of room for Kotick in this new corporate arrangement. And I I think chances of him staying are pretty slim. Kotick's not the source of all problems with an Activision not. Blizzard, but you know, uh, unfortunately, we've all been asking it's a good for this. start. It's a I, pretty good start. Unfor- on the flip side, you got to consider the fact that Mikey Barra is probably the guy who's going to take over. I don't know, um, man. I don't know. Again, the fact that they say Activision Blizzard is going to report to Phil Spencer. But I, I mean, they've know, still man. they've still got to have a they've still got a head of a you know I don't know what you would call it a but branch a head, manager a head of studio <laughs> who would report to and like Mikey Barra spent years as an Xbox executive yeah um, and he's not great <laughs> like yeah. he sucks so he's better than Kotick 
But yeah, I mean that 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 which doesn't say that much. that bar is down to the Marianas yeah. Trench. But well, I mean, like my again, I, I'm trying to stay on the optimistic side. Um, yeah. I think no matter what, I think this is a net positive for the employees of Activision Blizzard. Yes, I do I not agree. think things are going to get worse under Microsoft, and it may take some time to get better. Um, I guess my concerns are that, like you mentioned, um, I do think Bobby will be gone because. I don't know, Bobby. I'm under the impression he doesn't offer a lot of technical expertise. Uh, and no. he's certainly not going to be making decisions at Microsoft. And they're not going to want to keep him on the payroll. And they're not going to want the bad PR. So they just drop $70 billion on this. They'll pay a little bit more to get rid of him. I'm not worried about that. But I think Microsoft, uh, you know, and I, as someone who works, you know, in the software industry and has a lot of contacts in Microsoft, um, I my impression is generally as a whole, they're a decent company to work for. But obviously with a company that size, there's... Um, you know, some areas are not all perfect and like any big company, they have their problems. Uh, and we, it was well documented, the problems at Mixer, um, before they kind of disbanded. that place was a shit show. So I think my, um, my concerns are that, uh, historically, uh, sorry, I'm not sure what's happening. Uh, Paris is in chat. Paris is in oh, chat, okay. uh, talking some shit, talking okay. some, well talking some shit. shit, some fitness John, shit that he can't back do it, up. Do hmm. it for the Activision Blizzard employees. Do what? Do the push-ups for the Activision Blizzard employees. Well, how many push-ups am I supposed to do? I don't know. Dude, I'm drinking whiskey. I can't do any We'll push-ups. do it later, and we'll post it on Twitter. Yeah. We're, we're podcasting uh, right now. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, my, you know, my only concern is that uh, this. so far, at least, it sounds like Microsoft has been pretty hands-off with their acquisitions. Uh, they basically bring them into the Microsoft house and say, here's your room. Let us know if you need anything. But they kind of let them do their own thing, more or less. That's how I understand they've been handling yeah. a lot of the smaller acquisitions. Bethesda has largely operated more or less how they did before. Um, but, you know, when it comes to Activision Blizzard, like Bobby Kotick wasn't the one doing the cube crawls. Yeah. There's a lot of yes. abusers and harassers still in that company, still protected, still working there. Um, and, you know, Microsoft, once they bring them in, they need to commission I- investigations uh, and really root out the bad stuff, um, you know, conduct. I don't want to say conduct because it's too clinical. They need to talk to people uh and really make sure that they address the concerns of the employees there because just bringing them in saying hey we're all good as long as you keep those people there it's not really going to get better without that oversight and that intervention and that's the key piece i think is they need to intervene and they need to fix this and i think they want to because they want this um you know new part of their company to succeed and we know that companies with good employee morale productivity uh, and just a positive workplace do better they're going to make better games and they're going to make you more money so uh, I hope that they recognize that, and I, I think they will, but, um, you know, only time will tell, I guess. So so Brittany actually said something in chat that I think is important to address. Um, she said, and Brittany, by the way, you call that a rant. I don't think it was a rant. I think these are all salient points. Um, legality aside, their first initial statement just glossed over the ongoing drama with Kotick and the company, despite Microsoft themselves making a statement against it. I, I, she's not wrong. Like, like, like there is a legality, like, like, no, like, I am sure there's a clause in there that says they can't here's, badmouth coding, but, but, or like from a business perspective, they're not even getting, the they're not going to. the problem is from a legal perspective, now that they're engaged in buying, they may not be able to. Yeah, that's the because problem. Because it can, it can be considered stock manipulation. Yeah. They, um, they, and it fucking sucks because I think every one of us wants to see some real strong, genuine feeling statements put out about the abhorrent shit going on inside Activision Blizzard and some of the abhorrent shit that 
Bobby Kotick himself has said and done. And we're not going to get that. And I don't think we're ever going to get that from any of these companies. And I hate that. Uh, I think all of us want to see like drastic change quickly. And the sad truth is it's probably one of those things we're going to be watching over the next couple of years to see how things change. And I'm fucking impatient. I don't think people should have to wait for things to get better. And I'm kind of with you there too, Britt, because I, I was telling both of them earlier, like there's a lot of things about this purchase that I'm very positive about, but I do feel like weirdly guilty for a lot of aspects. Um, but you know, yeah, I, I think at least in regards to why Microsoft isn't saying anything right now, I think they just can't. Um, because I think if you're a, there's still time for this to get tanked. If everybody doesn't play nice publicly, but you know, again, it could be seen as them trying to tank Activision stock price at this point, now that they're publicly talking about this purchase agreement. So, I mean, legally their hands may be tied, which is stupid. I disagree mm-hmm. with that, but I'm not a business person, so you should be. You I should be, Derek. Be. You're, you've got a sharp, better. you've got a sharp, keen mind for business. No, no I don't. <laughs> I am loud and gay, and that's not that. That is almost antithetical <laughs> to, to succeeding in corporate America. So, but, John, um, did you have anything else to add? Like. I have like a. You can wait in a little bit. Yeah, you should take a shot first. So, just kind of before we move on to like the business side of things, like you know, talking about the culture changes and stuff like that. So I, you know, I don't expect anything to change overnight. Um, I do know that Phil. I mean, Phil Spencer's got a good reputation for for not tolerating that kind of shit in the workplace, right? Um, But again, like Derek mentioned something earlier, like Bobby Kotick. I mean, so he's been accused of shit himself. Right. And of course, he knew about all this stuff and did nothing to stop it. Yeah. Right. Um, but, and I'm going to use a military analogy here. So I, I wow, apologize. Wow. Who could have seen that guy? <laughs> so, so when we were in Afghanistan and we used to look at, you know, terrorist networks, our, our mantra was never to target top tier leadership. You always take out the middleman. Right. Yeah. Um, because, you know, that way, you know, it, it cuts off the flow of communication. Uh, you know, you know, leader can't issue orders anymore. And there's mass confusion at the at the ground level. Right. The problem Kodak was part of the problem. But in my opinion, the 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 bigger problem was mid-level like like Kodak can be a piece of shit. But if you have good mid-tier leadership, then it's you know you can guard against a, a lot Kotick of that. Allowed that rot to spread within right. the company within mid-level management, and you can right. get rid of Kotick, but there's still going to be a lot of lingering shitty dudes in mid-level management positions that need to be pruned out. A lot of people whose names we may never learn, and you know the best I can hope is that they get pruned out of there without us ever learning and that, their names. You know, and, and the way it spreads is the mid-level management they hire people they like who are also douchebags. And toxic, and you know, probably misogynistic, and all all that stuff. Um, and those are the people that are buddy buddy with them, and they're the ones that get promoted, while uh, you know all the other people are kind of laughed out of the meetings or, or disregarded, or not given a chance. And um, it just kind of becomes self sustaining at that point, even after you you know maybe remove Bobby. Yeah, it's it's going to take time, and I do have hope 
that Microsoft mm. is genuinely going to try to clean up things inside Activision Blizzard. Um, I don't see why you purchase Activision Blizzard right now if you don't have intentions to do that because there's far too many magnifying glasses on that company uh, for you to buy it and then not fix that culture problem because then the first thing people mm. are going to do is go, huh, Microsoft, why didn't you fix this? Like, there's a big risk there, you know? or Not really a risk, mm-hmm. Because it's only a risk if you don't intend to try, I guess. Like, there's 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 high risk if you don't attempt to clean up, you know, Activision Blizzard, put good leadership in charge, work your way down and through, clear out bad actors as you learn of them. So I, I have hope, but it's going to take a couple of years probably because it's going to be over a year before Microsoft's even in charge. And then after that, nothing's going to move fast because nothing hmm. ever moves fast in corporate America. Yeah. Try to try to get a shitty dude <laughs> fired at work and see how long it takes. It's not even a manager. If it happens. It, yeah, yeah, it, it won't happen. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Turns out HR is there to protect the company, not the employees. <laughs> but, you know, Jeff, like you said, there there is a there is a, a business side to this discussion as mm-hmm. well. Um and uh, if you wanted, Jeff, you if you would be so kind, actually, do you wanna do you wanna kick off that discussion? Um. Yeah. I mean, I uh, maybe I'll get my again my two cents in because I I don't want to overwhelm the show with negativity, but I'm I'm like a little bit. Uh, no, I mean it's part of the conversation. I, yeah, so and, you know, my my gut reaction to this was a little negative. It was a little not good. Um, just you know, from a consumer. So obviously, with this acquisition, Microsoft takes over some of the biggest franchises and games, uh, and it, it kind of. Uh, I think, you know, it's even bigger just coming off what they've been doing the last few years. And and business is business. I don't blame them. These companies exist to make money. And from that perspective, they're being very smart and they're going to make a lot of money off this deal. I don't blame them for doing what they did. Um, But, you know, they have Call of Duty. uh, They have World of Warcraft. They have Blizzard. They have Starcraft. They have These are some big fucking games and I don't even play these games. So, you know, it's not like I'm coming at this with... uh, uh, you know, I have no investment really in these properties. Um, but so, you know, my concern comes as like, uh, sorry, I'm my train of thought, but like basically what they did. So I was a little upset with the Bethesda acquisition a few years ago too, but I kind of came to terms with that. Like these indie developers, I could see with a lot of these, it's good for both parties, right? Like double fine uh, and Obsidian and stuff like that. These are like maybe double A developers or even less. It gives them good security. They, they're they under Microsoft's paybook. They don't have to worry about their jobs. They can just come in day to day, do their thing. Microsoft's pretty hands off. Let them keep making their games. And it's good for Microsoft. Better games diversity, more studios, something they've lacked for a long time. Like it made sense. And even with the Bethesda one, where I was like a little eh, Bethesda and Microsoft have a huge history, uh, especially Bethesda starting on PC, the collaboration on Xbox bringing games, uh, you know, like Morrowind uh, and stuff like that. Uh, and then the history with Doom on Xbox as well. Like that stuff made sense to me. This one, I just don't feel the same way about it. It really does feel more uh, like they saw stocks were down 30% over the last year. And now is the cheapest time as any to come in and just scoop up a bunch of IPs and studios for the Microsoft machine. And again, that's fine. That's business. But now they've got a lot of stuff and I don't know how to feel about it. Like, I'm excited. I can play all these games on Game Pass now and I don't have to pay for them beyond my subscription. But I also don't think the answer is like, what, do we want Microsoft to just own every game so they're all on Game Pass? And that's great for us. Like, that's not good either. Competition is good. Halo and Call of Duty 
in some ways bounce off each other. Like they iterate off each other. They improve each other. It's good to have that competition. Having Microsoft own almost every Western first person shooter and Western RPG is like, you know, maybe right now it'll be okay. These teams are really talented. They've got good management. What will it be in five or 10 years? I don't know. Um, and that's just where a little bit like, it's not a monopoly. It's not, but like, I'm just a little, I don't I think really want them to get any more big franchises. I, 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 I think we're dangerously close to it becoming one though. Right? Like, so for example, in the legal sense, I don't think so. I'm not an expert on it. From what well, I hear, it's not. Well, but. so 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 I will so so today, Phil Spencer tweeted out that you know he had a conversation with you know Sony, and he reassured them that all existing contracts would be you know upheld, you know, and they were committed to keeping Call of Duty on PlayStation platforms because PlayStation is very important. Blah 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 blah. Right. That's a very carefully worded statement that was very similar to the language used when they acquired Bethesda. And of course, we now know that Starfield is going to be an Xbox-exclusive game. I guarantee you, Elder Scrolls Six is not coming to PlayStation We systems. know one um, Bethesda game. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold okay. on, hold on. Um, I'm not saying that Call of Duty is going to be an Xbox-exclusive game. What I am saying is that you don't pay $70 billion dollars to let the competition uh, continue to to propagate on their platform, one of the world's biggest gaming franchises that you now own. Yeah. Um, so, I think I think here's the thing. So, Call of Duty in particular, I, I think Call of Duty is going to be a major focus of any discussion around what happens with Activision Blizzard because it's the only thing Activision does. Um, every game studio under the Activision side of Activision Blizzard is either working on Call of Duty or a Call of Duty support studio. Um, every, I mean, it, it's the only thing Activision does at this point. Um, I still think that they have a lot of opportunity releasing Call of Duty multiplat, but putting it on Game Pass, marketing it with Xbox. Like, there's still a huge win by having COD as part of that like Xbox marketing machine and being able to say, hey, if you got an Xbox, if you're on our Game Pass <laughs> subscription, you're getting the brand new Call of Duty for free. Well, it, you know, it's it's like not black and white. Like a lot of people are like, is it exclusive or is it not? It's like it's not. It, there's different levels, right? Like you I said, they're like putting on Game stuff. Pass. And, yeah. um, you know, to me, at least when I look at this stuff, like I looked at with Bethesda is like, Microsoft's in this to make money. So that's the goal. And their way to make money, they care about consoles, but Game Pass subscriptions, that's how they've decided they're going to make money these days. So you could put Call of Duty on Game Pass and you could still put it on PlayStation. Place, I think Sony gets 30% of the cut, the sales for Marketplace, and Microsoft's going to get 70%. So the question to Microsoft is, how do you make more money keeping it Xbox exclusive or putting it on Sony selling 10 million copies every single year if it stays annual and getting 70% of that revenue back to you? Which yeah. I think the PlayStation method probably makes them more money. The, the other thing is, and I hate, I hate the walled gardens in gaming, and I want to see more holes broken in the walls of those walled gardens rather than reinforcement. Um, but Microsoft is the best of the three platforms when it comes to opening that up. Like from mm -hmm. the very beginning, if Microsoft has something, it's on Xbox and it's on PC. That's two very different and distinct platforms. You know, Nintendo and and Sony are not like by their very nature are more locked down than Microsoft is. Even if you count mm -hmm. 
only those platforms, but also Microsoft's putting some of their games that they already own on multiple systems. You know, Minecraft, like, is not, like, some weird exception. Microsoft owns Minecraft. It's on a bunch of systems. Mm -hmm. It's on, like, everything. Ori, both Ori games are on Switch, right? Like, Mm -hmm. Microsoft is willing to put some games on their competitors' hardware um, if it seems like the right sort of deal. I don't feel good about this consolidation. Like, I don't feel good about a console manufacturer buying Activision Blizzard, but, like, I don't know. You said something earlier about Diablo that I do agree with. Oh, Um, yeah, yeah. Um, So, look, we all know that... that (laughs) Anything that's currently was already planned to release on PlayStation is coming out on PlayStation. I think we're all waiting, like you brought up Bethesda. I think we're all waiting to see what happens with some of these new games coming forward. Like, does the does Fallout 5 come out only on Xbox or will that be multiplat? No. And I think some of us are cynical and some of us are more hopeful. I tend to think that some stuff that makes sense will still be multiplat or maybe be timed exclusive on Xbox before it rele- and, and PC before it releases elsewhere. And some stuff is just going to stay exclusive. Diablo ain't coming to PlayStation. But I'm telling you this, future Blizzard games are not coming to PlayStation. Nope. Blizzard is nope. about to be... Microsoft is going to push Blizzard hard well, on the PC platform. And here's the, other, here's the other part of that equation that we talked about, right? In that, at this point, I don't care how many times Square has said it. I don't care how many times Phil Spencer has said it. It's time to accept that Final Fantasy XIV is not coming to Xbox. It, it's just not. But I guarantee you World of Warcraft is. World of Warcraft will be on Xbox. It'll probably be on Game Pass. Um, and Paris said something in chat. You know, his tiny little biceps aside, we won't talk about that. He is correct when he says that Xbox is in the Game Pass business. Everything is to drive you to be a sub, no matter the platform. He is 100% right about that, right? He can't do a single pull-up to save his life, but he is right about that. Um, but as far as World of Warcraft goes, that is going to be Microsoft's competitor, or their answer, I guess. How to, much you want to bet? that Microsoft uses Call of Duty as leverage for Game Pass on PlayStation. I, I don't think you're well, going to see Game Pass on PlayStation. I, no. You know, when you talk about Call of Duty, and because we're, we're talking World of Warcraft, I was thinking earlier, I was musing about this in the Discord, like, um, yeah. So I don't know, maybe we already forgot. Microsoft tried to uh, pull a 180 on everyone with Xbox Live a while ago and like jack up the price like crazy and then backtrack to the same day. But we're long overdue for a Game Pass. Um, Game Pass is going to get more price expensive increase now. at some point, and probably sometime after this closes when they've got a little bit more leverage there. But this stuff, I think, opens up a whole. I, we already there's already been talk. I think about them like maybe doing something different with Xbox Live, or maybe opening up another tier of Game Pass. Even so, now you could have like your Game Pass, your Game Pass Ultimate, and now what if you have a tier above that with like you know maybe Call of Duty's multi-platform, but this high tier gives you Call of Duty battle passes and stuff like that or World of Warcraft subscriptions included in that premium tier for like 30 bucks a month or something like there's so many different options here for them to explore with it. I, I'm not going to say if they're good or bad, but I think it's interesting. Um but it gives them other avenues to still make money off Call of Duty exclusive to them while still getting some base sales elsewhere. Um yeah. I just yeah. Well, Brittany also makes a, another good point in chat. Like, World of Warcraft on uh, Game Pass would be a game changer because that game has been on the decline for a few years, which is true. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it was sometime within the past two years that Final well, Fantasy fourteen finally... Over- like for a long time, so... like Well, like, fin- fourteen finally overtook it, like, t- a year or two ago. Something like that. Something like that. Um, Shadowbringers and- is what changed everything. Right, right. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, well, Shadowbringers and the, like, piss-poor reaction to the latest uh, WoW expansion. Right. 
Um, uh, you know, and of course, you know, the bad press at Blizzard did not help at all. Yeah. Um, but I mean, World of Warcraft was the, the, the number one MMO in the world for what, like 20 fucking, like, I don't even know how long the game's been out, but it's been a long time. Early 2000s, right? right. So, 2000, like 2003, 2004, launched okay, in 2004. So, yeah, so, so it was... I think I think Brittany's right. I think putting World of Warcraft on Game Pass and that game, mm-hmm. F- Final Fantasy XIV has proven that you can do a World of Warcraft style MMO on a console, no problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, they will retrofit that that you know action bar to be operable on an Xbox controller, and it will revitalize mm-hmm. that fucking game like one hundred and ten percent. She's right. Microsoft's like, like you know almost leading the charge now in terms of accessibility. So if anyone's going to make a game co- controller-friendly, adaptive controller-friendly, console-friendly... It's Microsoft. It's going to be Microsoft, yeah. yeah. So I'll say this, too. And, again, with the caveat that, like, consolidation's bad, but, you know, Blizzard... I'm a huge Blizzard fan. I have been my entire life, pretty much. I mean, I grew up on StarCraft and and Diablo and Warcraft 2 and and but Blizzard's been in a bad spot for a long time and Activision has slowly moved from Call of Duty being the only thing they make as a joke to Call of Duty genuinely being the only thing that they're mm-hmm. like eight separate studios work on that are that are under that banner um, and that's a shame because there's a bunch of really good, like long lost games, fan favorites, like cult favorite IP at Activision and at Blizzard that are left dead in a mm-hmm. lot of ways. And and that Activision was never going to revive because what is Activision going to do with Tony Hawk, with, with Spyro and, and with Crash? By the way, oh. can we can we? Mention the irony of Microsoft now owning Crash yeah, that's Bandicoot. Fucked <laughs> that's fucked up. Um, but even like StarCraft, like Blizz, you know, Blizzard and Activision basically decided it's done. Like after StarCraft Two, I think it it kind of lost the competitive scene, and yeah, they just decided well, they we're just done with kept RTS it going for too long and didn't do anything yeah. else with it, and they they lost mm-hmm. their footing. And the other thing is Blizzard. Blizzard is inflexible with a lot of their franchises, and Activision is single-minded in their purpose of strip-mining as much money as they can out of their IPs that can be abused in such a way. And Microsoft clearly is not have that kind of attitude. So I feel like if you're a fan of any property under Activision or Blizzard, I don't think this is the best possible thing, but it's a whole lot better than the status quo was. If you like Call of Duty, Call of Duty's gonna be better for not being an annual franchise. Mm-hmm. You know, Call of Duty's gonna be better if they just stick to Warzone and like put out a new like game game mm-hmm. every three years or so. If you like Blizzard stuff, you're a whole lot more likely to get a StarCraft three or StarCraft spinoffs of some kind, StarCraft Ghost Revival under mm-hmm. Microsoft than you were under Blizzard. Well, Overwatch I'm- two has been floundering. It's in an awful state right now because of Kotick. And I, I love know. the way you put that. And I think this will lead nicely into our last topic. I think we could just spend some time talking about what we want to see, you know, maybe have some fun. What what kind of games we want to see, where we want to see, you know, what what franchise we'd like to see get some love first. Um, but I think you put a good spin on it. Like I mentioned before, I don't, you know, especially don't like consolidation. And I don't even I, I have an expensive PC. I have every console. I'm not 
personally, I'm not worried about like what I can or can't play. So like when I talk about consolidation, Same. I'm not worried about Microsoft making stuff exclusive only on Xbox, whatever. Like I, I can play it and exclusives are reality. I think, again, it's just, you know, that lack of competition of another company pushing another company in a, in a way that doesn't happen when all those studios are internal. But the fact is this wasn't happening with Activision Blizzard because they weren't pushing against Microsoft in the RTS space with StarCraft and something like StarCraft, which is dead. All these franchises are either dead or just slowly rotting and not being given we the resources. A relic on a StarCraft three. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so that's this this little back and forth and innovation and push wasn't happening. Um, so I I don't see any reality where. Uh, again, these teams and these games and franchises aren't better off with Microsoft than they were, like you said, Derek, in the status quo. So that does leave me optimistic. Like, you know, my boy CJ, I wish you were here, but Talk about we, Tony we, Hawk? We, we know Vicarious Visions was was folded into Blizzard proper, but maybe maybe that Tony Hawk 3 and 4 remaster isn't dead, right? Like, and what else could there be? Um, oh, you know what? what? Bring back the Lost Vikings. I'm just kidding. Don't bring back the Lost Vikings. <laughs> so, um, I don't know, Derek or John, if you guys want to kind of steer this last section, like, you know, what, uh, I guess, what are the things you, you'd be excited to see from a new kind of reinvigorated Activision Blizzard under Microsoft? Or what, what do you think? Let, let me get. start while, while John looks at this list I've got pulled up of <laughs> notable games Activision published um, in various decades. But um, look, I, I've already said it. I'm a big Blizzard fan. And mm-hmm. I think that Blizzard's franchises, especially in the last decade or so, have suffered under Blizzard. Um, Diablo 3 was a huge misstep. Diablo 4 looks like it's headed in the right direction, mm-hmm. but you know, only after three or four major reboots. Um, Overwatch was a, a really incredible game out the gate, and it kind of fell apart as time went on, and now Overwatch 2 seems to be in truly dire straits. Um, you know, Starcraft is dead, uh, which kills me. Mm-hmm. And I think that we have an opportunity to see a lot of these franchises revived, course corrected, given spinoffs. There's no reason to me why you should own the franchise of Starcraft and not have made like a Starcraft themed shooter at some mm-hmm. point. Right. Why have we never gotten like a, a, a Diablo like action game? Or like right. Alien vs. Predator with like Zerg and... Yeah, like why, yeah. Exactly. Like all of this stuff. Why is it... See, Overwatch 2's entire existence is torn between the fact that it's an online, like, servicey shooter, but people want story content out of these characters in world. And Blizzard's only option was to make... Try to fold all of that into one thing. What if you just didn't? What if you just made your Overwatch service shooter and you made like separate games for for campaign like there's there's a lot of opportunity for blizzard's shit to get revived under microsoft under different teams for microsoft to go okay we own Mm -hmm. starcraft we're gonna hire this team to work on this starcraft spinoff bam all right i want some more motherfucking tenchu yeah dude tenchu on playstation one was the shit like we all talk about Metal Gear Solid as being like, you know, tactical espionage action. Tenchu was the first game I ever played that made me feel like a fucking stealth master. Yeah. Like Tenchu was good shit. Tenchu and Tenchu 2 were fucking amazing. I would love more Tenchu games. Um, 
we are clearly going to get more. Well, I don't know. Do you, do we think we're, do we think we're going to get Tony Hawk? And do you think do you think anyone yeah. at Activision will mistake Tony Hawk for being Tony Hawk? Tony Hawk, we're getting more of. I mean, that, the one and two remake. I mean, it didn't do Call of Duty numbers. That game did very, very yeah. well. Microsoft sees that. See, what's, yeah. what's weird is Activision saw that and went, "That's not good enough for us." <laughs> Microsoft sees that and goes, yeah. "We can find some little indie team to put together another double yeah. A Tony Hawk game that mm-hmm. you know will will be like a solid, good game passy kind of title." Um, Tony Hawk's happening. Um, you know what else is probably happening is I'm 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 dollars two donuts we are going to see prototype revived i forgot about that game yeah a lot of people I did. always get that mixed up with another game era. that came out around the same uh prototype and um oh what's this the infamous are always kind of yeah, like i think that's it yeah yeah so the the prototype games were not great they're um, fine they're fine but like they were better than the spider-man games that were releasing around that time that is a but very low bar thing is like this is an era where like I think Spider-Man in particular has really driven people's hunger for superhero content. The MCU's never stopped being huge, and Ooh. I think I think that they might do something with Prototype. I really would love some Guitar Hero. Guitar Hero seems like a good fit for Game Pass, right? Especially like I feel it's time. Like when was the last Guitar Hero game? When did that come out? It was uh, a long PS4 time ago. An Xbox One era. It was the the one that had the the different the wholly different uh, and it wasn't received well right am i, am I crazy did someone buy harmonics or are they still kind of running into harmonics is still kind of their own thing yeah and rock okay. band's still going slowly yeah so what else do we have here um, guitar hero live thank you delaby so a yeah. lot of these i so so sekiro is on there but of course that was only published so, by right so by I, activision was not developed by them um can I have a quick intervention no please uh, just, just because I'm never going to get a chance to talk about Guitar Hero Live on this podcast again. Talk about um, it. Let's go. We've got the time, know, buddy. Uh, Brandon, who rush. used to be on this show, Brandon is the only one who would get this, but we both had Guitar Hero Live. Um, and I actually fucking love that game. And I used to play it off and on. And when I went to PS5, I went all digital. I traded in my PS4, got rid of all my games. And I was like, whatever. The stuff I don't own digitally, I'll rebuy for five bucks on the PSN. Guitar Hero Live does not have a digital option, despite being released relatively recently. I think like 2016 or something That's like really that. Dumb. Do you th- was it, it delisted or it was never? It was apparently never listed digitally. It always only had a physical. I think it's because they didn't want people to buy it and not have the guitar accessory that was required to play it. That makes but, which sense. is weird because you can get <laughs> Disney Infinity digitally, but I think you can play that without the dock and like the little yeah. figures and stuff like that. So, but yeah, that hmm. that sucks. So it's just like it's straight up dead now. Um, so that's, yeah. a, that's a crime against humanity is what that is. But anyways, carry on. I just had to um, uh, say my my little words of sorrow. Yeah. You know that uh, what's oh, funny? Oh, Shattered Dimensions, dude. That game fucking ruled. Yeah. What's funny is uh, Microsoft does Geometry Wars again now. So so wait, hold on. GoldenEye 007. That was the weird one where you played as an actual villain named GoldenEye, right? No. Because there what? was an actual GoldenEye no. game. There was a GoldenEye game where they retconned the whole thing. And GoldenEye was actually... Daniel Craig one? Yeah, this is the Are one we? where they inserted Daniel Craig into GoldenEye. But was he the bad guy? No, he was like no. the bad... No, 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 no. He was Go- just James Bond. No, look up GoldenEye right now. There's, Golden, only, there's they, the original GoldenEye and then the Wii one with Daniel Craig. They did, a, they did a GoldenEye. They did a GoldenEye game 
uh, you play where, you, where you actually play as a James Bond villain named Goldeneye. No. I don't think this is it, but I, well, they absolutely this, did. This John sounds is, like a drug-induced fever, John. I don't know John's, what. Oh, really? Okay, I'm going to look it up right John now. John is old. It's okay. I'm going to look it up right now. It's okay. No, it's fine. No, no, no. You're right. It's going to be okay as soon as it I It is going to be okay, John. Um, it took me a minute to be like, was the villain's name actually Goldeneye? But it wasn't. It wasn't. No, no. It, it was the satellite or something. Yeah. 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 No. Goldeneye Rogue Agent. That was the name of the game. Oh, that was like a GameCube game or something. Yeah. No, that was awful. Okay. We don't talk Goldeneye about Rogue Agent. Uh, it doesn't the, matter, John. The play. No, it does matter. The player takes the role of an ex-MI6 agent who's recruited by Art Goldfinger to assassinate his rival, Dr. No. And your character has like a golden eye. Like so, there. Both of you are wrong. All right, Fever Dream. No, it, but it was Fever the one Dream. Where you're Daniel Craig. So, anyway, win, winning, winning. Sure, sure you are. Winning. I have a, I have a wild one here. Okay, this is I don't know if I've never met another person who played the, either of these games, but they're formative to my time on the PlayStation One. Vigilante Eight. If Sony wants to bring back Twisted Metal. Microsoft's got to answer the call with Vigilante 8. I'm just saying, y'all. I'm just saying. <laughs> give me my funky, fresh, disco-infused, 60s, 70s, fucking vehicular combat game. I want Vigilante 8 back. So I don't know uh, I don't know how much Blizzard stuff John plays, but Derek, I want to get your take on this, because I, uh, I, like I said, I don't play a ton of Blizzard stuff. Even back in the day, I played StarCraft and StarCraft 2, but I was always felt a little too dumb for those games. I didn't get on the Diablo train. I played Diablo 3 on my PS3 or PS4 or whatever. Um, but the one game I think I was really attached to was Warcraft and War specifically Warcraft 3. I don't play a lot of RTS games, and that was like... Uh, and I didn't really play World of Warcraft that much because aside from Final Fantasy XIV, I've just never given a shit about MMOs. But I love Warcraft 3 and I always have been waiting for a proper Warcraft 4 and it just seemed like we never get it. So I guess, you know, my two things, I'm like, you know, obviously Microsoft's still doing Age of Empires. Is there a chance we could maybe get a proper Warcraft 4? I don't think they would do that and StarCraft. I think they would make a call. That's, I that's the big thing is I think you're you're yeah. stuck looking at, at they are not. We're not going to have Age of Empires and yeah. StarCraft and Warcraft. <laughs> I don't think you're going to get a new Warcraft or StarCraft. Fans. I think it's possible. Think though, what about one. this? What if they did like a World of Warcraft 2? Well, so that's the next thing I was going to go. Is World of Warcraft is 17 years old. MMOs are still big. 14's doing good. Like, there's I mean, a lot they of, rebooted 14. That brand Listen, is huge. The World of Warcraft brand. I don't even know how you money. do something like that at this point. I just can't even envision that. Yeah. But I mean, it would be years away. I think that the smarter move, Warcraft is fucking huge, right? Like, and I think that all of all four of Blizzard's like big franchises at this point, Warcraft, Starcraft, Diablo, Overwatch. I recognize Starcraft is technically kind of dead right now, but within Blizzard's history, Starcraft is huge. But I mean, the, mm -hmm. the, the online scene for that game is still pretty big, right? Eh, not really. No, but it was for a while, but it's, it it's really while, faded. But, yeah. But uh, I've seen a lot of people who were like, Starcraft, Starcraft's not mm -hmm. relevant. It's like, it could be. It, it could be again very easily. Um, I think all four of those franchises are so ripe for exploring other genres. Like, mm -hmm. you know, people are talking about Riot spinning League of Legends off in a bunch of different directions. And the thing is that Blizzard owns four separate League of Legends, like, tier franchises. 
that would actually be significantly easier than League of Legends to spin off in such a way, just because they're more cohesive stories and series. Um, so I think I think that a a big part of the future of Blizzard is probably less like StarCraft Three and Warcraft Four, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's probably more like a Warcraft character action game, a StarCraft shooter, you know, uh, mm-hmm. stuff like that. I think you're going to see variation. You'll just see those franchises be used in different ways because Microsoft's less afraid to do that than Blizzard is. So, well, and, I mean, that's really cool. That's kind of what I, I know. Halo Wars exists, but like, um, you know, I have I'm not big on like I've played Gears of War and I played Halo, but like both those franchises, I'm like, OK, we got so many games now, like. Um, especially for Gears of War, I'm like, it'd be cool to see them like kind of do something with this universe that isn't like this heavy cover shooter, but like maybe yeah. being a nice trade, like maybe someone else can do something with that Gears of War property. Maybe like, how about the coalition doing like a Starcraft shooter? Like, yeah. well, and I think with the Blizzard franchises too, you're in a situation mm-hmm. where they kind of need it. Like Gears, you yeah. can make a Gears six later and just make it Gears, but you're gonna mm-hmm. have a hard time making Starcraft three anytime soon. Yeah, especially like like you brought up. You're, we're, we're not getting StarCraft three and Warcraft four. No. So one yeah. of those two franchises, if they want to keep it alive, mm-hmm. you know, we're mm-hmm. going to need something fresh out of Diablo is probably fine to keep going as Diablo. But, you know, and Overwatch is like they've got this potentially huge IP that Blizzard fumbled so bad. They had the biggest game, biggest new game like in the world and then so, did nothing with it. nothing on the topic of Overwatch. I don't know where this game is at. Doesn't sound like it's coming out in a couple months. Overwatch if, 2, from what I have heard, yeah. is it, it has continually been sabotaged, basically. Sabotaged? What do you sabotaged, mean? Sabotaged, as in like the team keeps having to work on Overwatch 1 shit instead of working on Overwatch 2. So the game has just been put back again and again and again. So, uh, I mean, I, good <laughs> chance it's not out before Microsoft takes over. What are the odds that uh microsoft closes the acquisition before this comes out and i wonder if they kind of pump the brakes and and i doubt they'd reboot it from scratch but do you think there's a chance that they maybe change the approach or the direction to this i think overwatch 2 and diablo 4 are probably both too close to finished by the time this acquisition comes i think overwatch 2 might be coming out around that time okay do we i mean but i mean really though like we haven't heard anything about this game in God knows how long. And the stuff we have heard... That's how well, Blizzard stuff works. Like, I mean, but the, what's the situation great, right? with the first game? The first game gets all the new maps. Like, I can't remember what... Sorry, okay, Derek's yeah, it's, soul no. is leaving thing, his it's body. Gone, it's gone both ways. The original <laughs> promise was that Overwatch 1 would continue to get the new characters of Overwatch 2, and that it would basically be cross-play, but if you wanted the new gameplay modes and maps and so on... You'd need to get okay. Overwatch 2. The problem is that since Overwatch 2 has changed dramatically, it's it's 5v5 instead of 6v6, so you can't just cross-play anymore. They are going to be different games. So there was talk, I think, about like people who own Overwatch 1 getting Overwatch 2 multiplayer for free, but having to pay for the actual like story and PvE content. But... like. It's confusing. The messaging's confusing. Blizzard doesn't know what they're doing. They're going to do with this. I think it comes out as Overwatch 2. Mm-hmm. Microsoft tries to get people on Overwatch 2, tries to rebuild it as a service game, 
Um, I think Diablo Four is in a less complicated position. Yeah. So um, I can actually see the the focus on Diablo as a service game maybe lessening even under Microsoft, but um, but there's room for them to course correct long term. But I think those games are coming out as Blizzard and Activision plan them pretty much. Maybe Microsoft will push us to get like an Overwatch animated series, right? Like mm-hmm. Microsoft wants to do that kind of shit. And, um, you know, once again, all of Blizzard's franchises are far too ripe for any kind of multimedia for them to have been put in a box for so long. I, I do wonder what is in the pipeline that we don't know about right now that's just going to get outright canceled. Uh, nothing Duty, on the Activision Duty, side. Probably, Duty. probably one Call of Duty game. Do you think we even get a Call of Duty this year? Because y'all Vanguard yeah. Vanguard barely released and I nobody think talks about that. I have fucker. one in the pipes and I think it's probably too far. I think it does come out this year. Um, but that's because, a good question. I mean, those like, games are usually have, are usually worked on th- like before the the they're, they're worked the on for Call three years, right? So this year's Call of Duty is already two years in. But yeah, but they already like were robbing oh. from Peter to pay Paul to get Vanguard mm. out the door. Yeah, like they had they had all hands on deck just to get Vanguard out. And the problem is now that whatever they're working on now is mm-hmm. way behind schedule. Well, and then the pandemic I, obviously isn't over. So yeah, I wonder if we maybe don't get COD mm-hmm. this year. If this year's Call of Duty mm-hmm. just gets pushed into next year and then maybe the game planned after that simply doesn't my gut tells me we'll get something even if it's like a multiplayer only or a different type i feel like there's going to be something i'll tell you what i think it comes out but this is the year where if you told me it's not going to i would not be shocked yeah 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 i think there's a very good chance so you think uh, because i saw some people suggest as well um do you think Microsoft is going to back away? I think it seems certain that they're going to back away from the yearly strategy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They've got too so. many shooters to want an annual Call of Duty. Well, they also don't want anything to compete with Halo. Well, but you're going to think they're going to release games that compete with Halo. There's no way around that. I think it's more a matter of. of they own Microsoft. all the Western first person shooters in the yeah. market. Like <laughs> Microsoft knows, though, not to, to drive something into the ground, uh, mm-hmm. with the exception of Forza, which seems immune to that. So, yeah. Can I uh, can I ask you guys a question? Hmm, yeah. Um, I think one thing that's kind of getting not lost in the shuffle, but talked about a bit less, is the reaction to this from Sony and Nintendo. And I've been thinking about this for some time. Nintendo's unaffected. Nintendo's not going to do anything. Nintendo doesn't um, give a shit. Nintendo looked at this. Nintendo and was like, okay. owns the nation of Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right now, like, like- N- Nintendo does not care. Um, they mm-hmm. they do not give a shit. Um, Call of Duty games, Activision games don't come out on the Switch anyway. They don't care. Um, Sony, on the other hand, like, look, there's been a lot of hyperbole about how Nintendo and Sony are done. No, come on. There's a higher um, chance of new Call of Duty like, games releasing on the Switch like, under Microsoft than under Activision. Yeah. Like, come on, guys. <laughs> um, at the same time, Sony does have a bit of a problem now. Um, and people have been wondering how i said a bit of a problem yeah um people have been wondering how they how they answer and they have suggested well they start buying up um you know developers themselves which look sony does not have the money to go chasing uh you know developers the way tech company is not a very rich tech company nintendo it could be bought well nintendo's i think like market value is 80 billion dollars microsoft could have bought nintendo if they were for sale 
<laughs> having ha- like, having having said that, if I was Sony, I would definitely be. I would probably be looking. Um, and I think the the clear the clear answer is something like Square Enix. Uh no, I'm, I'm with Ronado. Sorry, Derek, go ahead. I was going to say, I'm with Ronado. I think Sony is going to stick with buying little individual studios here and there. Yeah, probably. Here's the thing. And here's where I think, I think everybody is looking at Microsoft bought Activision. This is huge. It's $70 billion company. This is, and you're looking at it in terms of money. And the thing is, Activision is, Activision Blizzard as a studio is not actually worth much for their output right now. Because mm-hmm. again, they put out a middling Call of Duty game every year, um, that sells on franchise like momentum alone pretty much at this point. And blizzard is just caught in the barrel right now. So you've got a decent amount of manpower that Microsoft just acquired and a lot of IPs, but none of it's being utilized very well. And when Microsoft sorts through that all, they'll have more to work with, but Microsoft was starting you know, five, six years ago from a very different position. Mm-hmm. Where they they didn't own a lot. Remember those jokes about Microsoft's like icons of gaming and it's like Master Chief, Master Chief and the Marcus Ford, Phoenix the and the Forza, Forza car. car. <laughs> right. Like, oh. and, and now they've bought all these studios and franchises and own all this stuff. But Sony already owns a shitload of franchises over the years, yep. a shitload of studios. Well, and you know, you know, somebody had mentioned the possibility of Sony buying Square Enix. Like, no. if, I don't think no. they will if they were going to buy a, a big developer slash publisher. None of the big Japanese companies are selling. Well, but 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 like the point is is is, is, is like they don't like Square Enix games. Like Final Fantasy 16 is not coming to Xbox. Well, that's the other thing. Like, Sony already has pretend exclusivity with Square Enix anyway on yeah. a lot of their biggest releases. So like Street Fighter 6 is going to be a PlayStation, PlayStation and PC exclusive. It's Final not Fantasy be on Xbox. um like like well, basically anything associated with the Final Fantasy brand just about. Yeah. Um so so yeah, like I I don't think that's necessary. Um uh, so like no, like I was going to say what John said, like they don't need to I mean the thing is again, um it's it's all about money, right? And I'm sure Sony needs to be forward thinking and they're looking at all their possibilities. I think if games like Call of Duty and Blizzard don't come out on PlayStation, especially Call of Duty, if they lose something like that on PlayStation, that's probably an issue. And they need some kind of answer for that uh, because they don't have a lot of first person shooters. You know, they don't have anything in their first party studios really on the go right now. Um, But the, the big thing is what is, you know, Microsoft's all about Game Pass right now. Sony is mostly just still focused on game unit sales uh, their console sales, like their services matter, obviously, right? They want to stay on PS Plus and all that. But, they, you know, and they have PS now, but it's it's not at that level of Game Pass. Um, but really, they're selling every PlayStation 5 they can make. Their first yeah. party games are firing on all cylinders. They're all selling 5 million plus. Yep. They have huge franchises. They've got all these Marvel contracts for Marvel games. That new Wolverine game, Spider-Man 2 coming. They've just bought Insomniac. Like, they really have console fun. exclusivity in the largest MMO yeah. in the world. Like, but the reality is that their focus should be on making consoles because yeah. they can't, they're they losing can't game sales. It. They're losing game sales and Microsoft too um, because they can't make enough consoles to get into people's homes so they can buy and play these games. Uh, and I don't selling, think they need to worry about buying studios right now. Sony's selling five-year-old games on PC for $60. And they're yeah, selling. $60 like, and raking in cash. Yeah, they're like, selling, yeah. too. That's the that's the crazy like, part. Microsoft gained a lot in terms of the assets that they purchased for $70 billion. See, but, but 
what did Sony really lose by Activision going off the market? The only thing worth a damn to Sony is Call of Duty. And dollars to donuts, man, well, Call of Duty is still going to be multiplied. Like, not that this would answer, not that mm-hmm. this would be like a return volley for like, you know, theoretically losing Call of Duty. Yeah. But Mr. Delby in chat mentioned Resistance and SOCOM. And like, Killzone. I would, Sony's I got love, shooter franchises yeah. to work with if they put teams like, on it. They can keep Killzone, but Resistance and SOCOM, mm-hmm. I'll happily take more of those. Yeah. So like, so that's the thing. I don't think Sony's in that much trouble. They have a deep well of properties to work with. They have an answer to damn near everything in Microsoft stable. And they have, you know, they might need to partner a little more. Like I think Nintendo is very smart and then Nintendo has farmed a lot of their properties out to third-party partners. They've had Bandai Namco and Sega and Capcom and Tecmo Koe working with Nintendo franchises for a while now, mm-hmm. especially Bamco. Yep. And well, it's done Nintendo a lot of good, and maybe Sony should do the same thing. Like, And, and I, I think a lot of people are still stuck in the past and forgetting that, you know, <laughs> things are changing a lot. And, and like I said, it's not black and white. Um, You know, because we have stuff like Ori on Switch... Sony put MLB The Show on Xbox. That's a PlayStation Studios logo on Xbox. Call of Duty, to some degree, will be on PlayStation. And I think the future isn't selling boxes and these exclusivity wars. The future is these services, whether you like it or not. Yeah. And it's whatever Sony is going to do. Um, is it Spartacus is kind of this rumored? We had talked about uh, that earlier. Yeah. The, yeah. The, yeah. So kind that's, of an answer to... You know, Not really an so, answer to ga- sort of an it, answer to Game Pass. Maybe if if there's a question of studios and IPs and franchises and acquisitions, it's not. Uh, it's it's really how do they strengthen their subscription services and how do they make those appealing? And I don't think they need to acquire studios to do that. I think they've got plenty to work with between their third party partners like Square Enix um, and their first party studios. Just a shitload of baseballs coming at you. <laughs> Knocking home yeah. runs with like huge giant swings. A hundred baseballs I, at once. I miss, the, I miss that make everything musu. There's account. just there's just I like an army of there's just like there's you you're one lone batter and there's like an army of a two hundred pitchers rushing yeah. at you. Hurling baseballs. No, but like like the interesting and like Do not pursue Johnny Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you. The uh the the interesting and and I have to admit kind of frustrating thing about this whole thing is that it's not that we're not going to know until next June. We're not going to know till a year after that. Yeah. Like like getting answers for this shit is years Corporate away. America moves slow, y'all. Years away. Like and like you said that's assuming that the deal even goes through in June 2023. It could not. This is a really big deal. It could attract the huh? attention of the SEC. They could. Well, say the no. rumor is is that is that you know regulators are already looking at this with a very, a very narrowed so, eye. Um, the the I watched uh, Fanbyte talk about. Uh, so it was, what well, was it? John Warren. It was uh, Imran, and it was uh, Nikki. Were were talking about this. And they made a good point that, you know what, U.S. regulators may just be super excited that Microsoft is buying this out and it's all going to an American company, uh, as opposed to doesn't Tencent own, like, a Mm -hmm. a decent share of Activision Blizzard? Like, from an American Mm -hmm. standpoint, there may be this jingoistic attitude of, well, China Mm -hmm. owns less of this now. It's Mm -hmm. all internal. Rubber stamp it. 
You know, Mm -hmm. that's a big that's honestly the primary concern for a lot of corporations right now is this weird America versus China power struggle. So, you know, Mm -hmm. it's stupid, but it's a fucking factor. Yeah, I. um, You know, there's one thing I keep coming back to. Yeah. About this. And it's. Months ago, let's not forget this. Months ago, uh, Phil Spencer said, we are going to change the way we do business. No, we're reevaluating with Activision, our business. With the way we do business with Activision Blizzard. For- <laughs> and then they we're bought the company. <laughs> it, it just, the first oh, we'll thing I thought of was in... Um, what a power it, move! <laughs> the first thing I thought of was in Batman Begins when... Um, when Christian Bale walks back into the hotel, he said, I yes. bought the hotel and I'm setting some new rules about the pool area. <laughs> but the pool area. Or or even better, like like the um like I imagine Phil Spencer talking to Bobby Kotick and like like that boardroom scene at the end where where um where uh freaking Rutger Hauer walks in and Lucius Fox is there and he's like, Didn't I fire you? You did. I got a new job. Yours. And uh, and then he calls Bruce Wayne, and Bruce Wayne is like, "Yeah, I bought all the shares. The point is, my company's future is secure." Yeah. I think Phil Spencer just watched Moneyball and was like, "I hate that motherfucker. We gotta, we gotta like, ruin that man's career." Like I it, like let it, do not forget the fact that like of course this deal has probably been in the works for some time. Yeah, this but, didn't just get a just. Get but the, do I, you believe Bobby Kotick? I think he mentioned something like Phil or Microsoft approached him a year ago. Uh, and I suspect they were just watching the stocks and we like know Microsoft EA was looking waiting buying, for the thing to drop low and like but there's, buy now. there's Microsoft was looking to buy EA sometime back. Remember, yeah. so don't forget do there it, was so. another piece of Kotick news, by the way, that dropped in the middle of this whole thing. And oh, that did is his that, dick fall off? What's that? Did his dick fall off? No, that happened. Well, years then ago. I'm not interested. Oh, <laughs> but you should be because it came out that he attempted to buy Kotaku and PC Gamer oh, yeah. to formulate a better narrative about Activision Blizzard. You know what? I'm not always thrilled with what's going on at Kotaku right now, but it's a much better wow. situation than being an Activision Blizzard, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Propaganda out. My man literally wanted propaganda. That'd be dark. That'd be dark <laughs> shit. So Unbelievable. Yeah. Anyway, I take that um, back. It's totally believable. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Bobby Kotick, please do not. Simply do not. I was ready to be like Derek. No, <laughs> simply do not. I know what you want to say. No, I, I don't know what I want to say. I don't know what I simply want to say. Simply do either. not. Um, I don't <laughs> think he's going to be our problem for long. Look, like mm-hmm. I said, this consolidation bad, but like... In the end, I think we're all hung up on on money numbers and like the size of Activision Blizzard. This is a deeply, deeply fucked up company that is basically a harassment machine that occasionally produces a mediocre game. Well, and and let's like and then of course from the from the business side of it, you also have to remember that we're we are talking about probably the most seismic sea change in gaming in the past two decades. Um, mm-hmm. It's weird because, like, why? Other than like, other than Call of Duty, like, what? Because it's this, it's the sheer size. It's because it's not because just their Call of Duty is the game it's, that, like, it's big a third from a stock of, market perspective. But, but it's like, not just it's not just about game development. But if it's about you look publishing at gaming, as well, if you look at your gaming audience, like, there's the niche, pe- like, the hardcore people like us that are going on podcasts and stuff like that. 
like a good chunk, I would wager, like maybe up to a quarter or third that buy two games a year and Microsoft now owns one of the like, you know, yeah. no Call of Duty's huge, but like, yeah, but Call I agree. It's also kind of dying like, on its own. So it's not like Starcraft is a big get right now because yeah. it's dead and outside it's, it's, of. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of dead franchises and a mostly dead mm. company shambling along putting everything it has into keeping while WoW running and producing a call of duty every year. Like, yeah. you know, I, I think it's, it's, we're also fixated on numbers. And if you look at what Activision Blizzard really is, that's, that's a house of cards, man. That was mm-hmm. not going to last much yeah. longer. And if it's going to go to anybody like Microsoft is look, I'm, I'm a Nintendo. I used to work for Nintendo, but like, mm-hmm. Activision's in better hands at Microsoft than they would have been at Nintendo or under Ubisoft or under I mean, Sony. Look at, or... you know, I, I love Nintendo and they make great games, but they're not infallible. Like what's happening with Metroid Prime 4. Yeah. My <laughs> my my one fear about this whole situation, because I on the side of net positives, like, yeah, I think this will ultimately improve the lives of employees at Blizzard. I hope so. It's going to fucking squash that chance at unionizing, though. But my, I don't well, know. My how that looked in the first place. My other my my other concern is there's a, a a year a little under a year and a half before this deal ostensibly is supposed to be closed. Yeah. How much fucking mid level retaliation against employees are you going to see before that deal closes? Because I don't know because I think if you're a mid if I'm a shitty mid level manager, I'm getting out. Uh, yeah, well, I'm I'm if I make any noise, I'm fucked as soon as this deal goes through. <laughs> I mean, maybe I don't, but I don't, I don't want my head. I, I want to keep my head low. The thing is, there are some vindictive people in this world who don't give a shit about that. Like they just, you know, they just, you know, they'll they'll burn their entire life to the ground if they think they can catch somebody they hate in the flames. Yeah, and that's that's the thing that worries me, to be honest. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see. I mean, there's nothing any of us can do about it. Unfortunately, it just makes me sad to think it's, about. It. It's fucked up, but you know. Yeah. fucking Cosby I mean, sweet like only other thing I have to say I guess just you know just circling back one more time to like what you guys are talking about with the culture there is uh, I think when the deal closes and assuming Bobby leaves there will be a lot of kind of people throwing up the mission accomplished banner uh, and the important thing is that alone you know we're trying to be optimistic but that doesn't guarantee change and I think the and we might never know. Like you said, we'll never know these people's names. I think the best way to measure the change in success is to listen to the employees uh, and kind of, you know, just keep signal boosting them and listening to those stories, listening to the victims. And they're the only ones who are going to be able to tell you, are things getting better? Have things yeah. changed? Are they being heard? Are they being listened to? Not PR statements from Microsoft, um, not high or even mid-level managers being removed or outed. Like, you know, it's when we hear from those people working on the games at all the levels, that like, hey, my job's a lot better than it was two years ago. That's that's kind of when we've seen a win, I think. Well, we'll have to keep an eye on things for a couple of years to see mm-hmm. how this stuff unfolds. I think so, yeah. But it's, you know, I mean, it's hopefully positive momentum. It's it's yeah. probably a better chance than we were getting otherwise. I think at this point in 2024, it will be an interesting podcast to revisit. Yeah, probably, mm-hmm. you know. Probably, um, because I think I think by that point we're we're gonna have answers to some of these questions, um, and you know what? At the end of the day, I think it's gonna be a combination of good and bad. Yeah, yeah. 
I think more good than bad. I, re- I, I really do. So. I'm I with hope. Derek on this one. I think there's going to be some game franchises that deserve better. Uh, I mean, Phil comes on stage wearing a Battletoads shirt, and then I don't know if that new Battletoads game was any good, but like... Nope, it was he terrible. Fucking, he fucking, <laughs> Somebody tried. He tried. He cared about Battletoads. I never even enough. heard of Battletoads. Like, if I worked so. at like Raven Software right now, <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, holy shit, we might get to make something that's not, you know, playing backup for Call of Duty. It's finally year. happening, guys. Yeah. We can make Battletoads. I don't know shit. But... Yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. So, I uh, I think we've kind of hit the as far as we can get into this. I think so too. Yeah. And besides, we're we're bumping it. We're we're getting close to time. We're repeating ourselves. Um, we're rambling. But I like rambling. Happens. I like rambling with you guys. I know. I know. I mean, it's it's been a good show. Raven like, can make singularity too. I love this idea. I never played the first one, but I heard it was very oh, good. That's solid. Yeah. Before we go, then why don't we? I think we kind of all touched on it. Why don't we all just pick one game or franchise that we'd love to see get some? Like, what's what do you want to be the first thing out of the gate after this, more than anything else? I mean, look, if this is hard, but no, no, it's not. Starcraft Ghost. Starcraft Ghost. Starcraft Ghost. Reboot Starcraft Ghost. Start it over. Give it to Raven or somebody. Starcraft Ghost. That you know, I'll always remember that game uh, because that was. Uh, I wasn't big time. into gaming. I wasn't big into gaming. Like I played games when I was young, but I didn't really get it. Like I wasn't even like on message boards and like social media and stuff till a few years ago, right around the time I joined this podcast. Um, but StarCraft Ghost was the very first game I followed, like kind of like from announcement through until it was canceled. And being a big StarCraft fan at the time, playing one with my friends. The, the change of perspective and seeing it and like that was such a devastating blow um and i'll always remember that game as like the the first kind of I, that's the first when i started visiting GameSpot and the like like um you know media sites so uh what's the what's that face get rare to make spyro i kind of love this idea i kind of mm-hmm. hate that um oh, i bet you would john uh i'm gonna go with tenchu um even though i know it's never gonna happen uh the tenchu were the tenchu one and two uh what kind of games are those i don't know if i played them so tenchu is this, like so tenchu you play as a ninja named uh rikimaru in mm-hmm. uh, feudal japan it's stealth stealth it, it's, and assassination okay. stuff. yeah like like and it's you know when i say like a ninja game based on stealth that yeah. i very much There's like no good direct combat so it's not yeah. ninja gaiden no <laughs> no not at all yeah. like not at all this is like imagine if metal gear solid imagine if solid snake was a ninja in feudal japan okay. yeah. um there is like you run you go rush into combat you're good into combat you're gonna die real yeah. quick this game is about being quiet it's about being stealthy um, and this, and it was a PlayStation one game. Um, definitely not like Ghost of Tsushima. Definitely. Yeah, no. no. Um, and it was one of the true stealth masterpieces. It might as well have been like a, if you get spotted, it's game over. Yeah. Like, um, mm. and it, it made you feel like a badass. Brittany. Yes. We are talking about Tenchu. Um, it, it was fucking hard. It was yeah. very fucking hard, but it was also very good. Uh, Sounds and it's fucking hard just talking about it. I <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I can't know, even describe your it. description. I don't know if Microsoft has a ton of that kind of game in their stable right now. Um, I mean, let's, I mean, Tenchu's not going to come back, but that'd be, I don't uh, know, man. Great double A game pass kind of mm-hmm. drop. I'm I just, just I, you know what? I'll be happy with a fucking port or a remaster. Mm-hmm. I could like, see a lot of these old games getting remastered and re-released 
Well, I mean, Microsoft said they ran out of games for backwards compatibility, basically due to licensing issues. Uh, like they said, we've exhausted everything we can do with the people who want to work with us. Now they just got a whole bunch of old games kind of, I assume, dumped into their lap. Yeah. Whether it's on the backwards compatibility program or via like to package play Vigilante 8 Second Offense on Game Pass <laughs> in 1440p. Yeah. Let's uh, go. Okay, um, I was going to say NBA Jam, but that was Acclaim, not Activision. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, I, I guess my uh, won't surprise anyone. Blur. Good call. <laughs> uh, my game would have to be Tony Hawk, of course. Um, yeah, I think you're good in that, man. I, I hope so. I it's uh, it doesn't even need to be a new game. Like I basically, I'm I'm a nostalgia guy. Like I'm fine to relive the glory days. Just give me that three and four remake remaster, like we had for one and two, and I will I will be happy forever. That's Tony that's the Hawk's one thing. Underground three. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, Starring um, Eric Andre, I don't know. Yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to see what they do with some of those studios. Like, uh, like I know Vicarious Visions was kind of. It sounds like they're merged in uh, and aren't a distinct unit anymore. But I hope Toys for Bob can be saved at least, um, and, and just given some space. But yeah, something will happen. Yeah. Well, well, that was a solid podcast. We got. I mean, you know, in a way. Thank you, Microsoft, for purchasing uh, Activision Blizzard, because otherwise, I don't know if we would have had enough for a show this week. <laughs> like, it was, other than that, it was actually a quiet fucking week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we just filled an entire podcast with one news topic. To be fair, <laughs> it's going to be the biggest story of the year. Of the, if not maybe one of the biggest stories of the 2020s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Look at this. Hey, look at this loser. <laughs> <laughs> How sad must you be? <laughs> How sad must you be to make an account to deal with that shit? Anyway. Oh my god, that's that's fucking amazing! Oh, I love it. That one was the, awesome. One of the rare times that actually happens, and you know what? He existed for a solid fifteen seconds max. Hope, he spent more time making that account than he did posting messages. Oh. I'm gonna find that dude and fuck his dad. Anyway, folks, John, John is laughing too hard to say anything. So, folks, thank you all for joining us tonight. This thank you for joining We've us. had a good night. John and I are going to get up. John's going to snuggle my dogs tonight. And just remember, kindness costs nothing. So don't make, don't make bullshit um, accounts and harass people on Twitch. Good night, y'all. <laughs> <laughs>